So fiat justicia means let there be justice. Ruat silium. So fiat justicia, ruat silium means let there be justice even if the sky falls down. Right. So wow. I think it's wow. like, even if the heaven falls, but I think it's <laughs> nice. a nice way to round it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have Play a outro music quiz. A skyfall theme. <laughs> oh, well done. Rolling well, in the deep cut, Srinath. <laughs> TV Empire to director. We have a player review. Can we rock and roll, please? Hello and welcome to Bits and Pieces, the friendliest cricket podcast. I am Tony, and this is the podcast that pretends to be about cricket, but is actually all about camaraderie. Camaraderie, camaraderie is not to be confused with camaraderie, which is what the cool kids call a colonoscopy these days. A colonoscopy, of course, is that procedure where we send a probe up your ass to figure out what's wrong with you. This disambiguation is brought to you by an exasperated K. L. Rahul. This podcast though is definitely more about prostate than prostrate which is to say we shan't lie down at the feet of great cricketers we shall instead kick their ass and ask them to do better well actually we try to balance both if you want to get technical you could call bits and pieces a semi colonoscopy that's right uh, we put the pun in punctuation only the chu in unctuous and we'll describe about 83. 33% of the action that is asian we have never been accused of putting our listeners into a comma and i think it's about time we put a full stop to this analogy full stop of course is referred to as a period and it's with great joy that we bring you bits and pieces in a brand new period our first recording in 2023 We have been renewed for yet another season by ourselves, and as the friendliest cricket podcast, friendliest isn't it supposed to be friendliest? How do you make a typo while speaking? Unless wait, I actually meant friendliest, which has grown over the span of fifty-two weeks because we brought you twenty-five different voices. I am sure our mathematically attuned, knowledgeable fans are wondering if this is episode fifty-three. Surely that must mean we are bringing you thirty-five different voices now. Calm down, you smart Alex towards. Pause to appreciate your own pun and contemplate your awesomeness. No, wait, I wasn't supposed to read that out. But to keep the math going, we have brought you a new friend who has at least ten different voices. Harry Truman would have loved him because he's a one-tip, one-handed economist. He uh, calls himself the Economist on Instagram, although he does nothing to stick to the norm of an econ. He makes us chuckle with his intelligent takes and makes us think with his wonderful quiz question, and makes us believe in NFTs with his amazing photographs. The man who can combine economics and football to give you the best thing to come out of the FIFA World Cup 2022. Useless previews, TM. He claims he never walks alone, but this man is frowned upon by economists because he puts his knowledge to actual use and watched the Federer versus Nadal match by paying just seven pounds. I used to think I am the preeminent tea on bits and pieces till I woke up this morning like Amida Bachchan to realize I've horribly miscalculated my teas. Please welcome the best brother tea to feature on bits and pieces, a man for whom you would never say Tarif Baskar. Say hi, Tarif Klasker. <laughs> thank you thank you tony that was very very kind to you and and a very kind introduction i would like like somebody once said that i'd like to meet like all these people that you have described in the in the intro uh, <laughs> well that well played well played but uh, moving on from the economy class if you've been following the news and have general knowledge about the urinator you would probably be called pgk but we are a podcast of great sensibilities and have left out pgk for today's episode 
we are the podcast that nips such atrocious behavior in the bud or to put it more succinctly chop p the man who is accused of having a live stream going at all points in time but it's only to do with cricket a man who is absolutely first class and has only been accused of always being too business like about cricket agriculturally minded people may tell you that this is not the season for the karif crop but with l chopper nose it is always the season for the sharif crop the man who puts a gentleman in the gentleman's game say hi abhishek chopra hello hello thank you tony best intro of 2023 for me <laughs> wow you keep on swinging my hand well played well played what a shot amazing <laughs> good also joining us today because of an injury to sanju samson the man who was tricked into dissing r ashwin by me and has put penance since the man whom they call the moral hazard of madras the man who proves nominative determinism by always being the first to open say hello murli sad gopan <laughs> thank you so so much man <laughs> i did not expect myself to be on it but i love the intro as always appreciate it glad to be a part of this yeah i also didn't expect you to be <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> which is why i was like what is he going to at least not give me an intro this time but you still managed to come up with an amazing one thank you my friend we uh, have to have to play the field as skyses and finally the original voice of reasonable sexiness on the podcast the man who they used to call the editor's dream because there are zero things you need to cut out from what he says but on his india trip turned into the editor's nightmare because there are zero things you can cut from what he says but also his random 70 rupee earphones from godkoper east made him sound terrible <laughs> the prolific watcher of all sports from darts and curling to marble racing the french speaking international sports person who questions the powers that be with his phenomenal prowess the man with the heart of a poet the brain of a scientist and an exterior as thick as gorilla glass the always undefeated srinath sripath say hi hello hello I, i thanks tony i mean i i was expecting that to finish with gorilla in the mist but i have to say it because you didn't <laughs> <laughs> that's where we finish <laughs> yeah Yeah. My my uh, 2023 resolution is to uh, not say bad things about people. So we shall not talk about cricket umpires at all <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> But uh, over to you Srinath, what are we talking about? I I want to start off by saying uh, this podcast is is quite a poetic conclusion or continuation of uh, Tariq and I getting together on some of these things because we tried to have a podcast and finished with a grand total of 3 episodes around oh, yeah. 2017 <laughs> <laughs> we, I yeah. remember that one yes <laughs> the, uh, the the ICL to the IPL of uh, BNP <laughs> <laughs> our ICL was uh, yeah was was called pod of cricket uh, which oh. i think has since been taken by others so very very creative search engine unfriendly names continue with with <laughs> that's where we began uh, but but i, I want to start off by by saying one of the things that i like about a couple of people on this spot including choppy is uh, both tarik and choppy continue the good old grand craft of long form writing in this era where we exchange whatsapp messages and tweets at times because st- so, <laughs> Tickers, 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 tickers. <laughs> yes, clearly. I want to just like throw it to Tariq and ask him about how he continues to do that because this podcast is bad at cricket summaries. Leave alone connecting cricket summaries to economics, right? 
we are uh, we are kind of leveling up today tarik so over to you to talk through <laughs> how you continue to keep doing this and then we'll get to some of your cricket watching experiences and your sport watching experiences from recent times so so the writing is a vestige of uh, me writing for uh, a magazine and and earlier as well uh, so when i started the blog the most of the pieces were much shorter uh, ages ago when back in i think mid 2000s is when i started blogging um but then uh, it naturally spilled over to me studying and teaching economics so uh, i was just looking for things that are usually good hooks for uh, students because you know students on the other side it's uh, very hard to catch their attention uh, and that's what kind of forced me into this alley to try and find these connections you know do a bait and switch uh, bring them in come for the cricket stay for the economics kind of a uh, kind of a situation so that informed some of the writing As, It's like us watching as... IPL for Instagram reels, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. So, uh, and and then it it just uh, went on from there because I I got into working for a company that's into sport and primarily cricket. So it becomes uh, second nature to look into these things, especially if you're looking at the business side. Uh, you have to think about the the business and the economics of it. so that's that's how the writing continues but uh, as you probably have noticed yourself uh, some of it also veers philosophical now which is also uh, probably a, a marker for advancing age but at the same time i kind of enjoy uh, bringing that perspective as well because i know that there are far uh, better people around to do the, the the technical analysis and everything else i i just look at it through whatever lens i have learned so but tarik you're basically the r ashwin of the economics world right basically like doing youtube lives and stuff like that i do all of that, that that's quite high praise again because honestly i think uh, the any analogy with ashwin would be like a pretty big deal because he's is is fairly smart but uh, but it's just just a question of the writing i think i uh, started writing in fact uh, ironically i'm uh, doing this podcast from from the very room where i started my cricket experience because i'm back home right now and and this is where i uh, sort of was during the 92 world cup my duty was to wake everybody up at 3 am because th- that's when the new zealand games would be starting and and uh, i i was the kid given the duty to to make sure that everybody is up and watching the world cup so that's that's where uh, the the ingrained love for cricket started from and cricket has been sort of inserting itself in my life every every probably major milestone i think one thing we we don't acknowledge as much on this pod even though it's like known thing to all of us is all of us met through twitter right i don't think there's an exception within this group and and tarik's no exception for me like i got to know him around 2014 15 and uh, i think tony and co you guys are dated a little earlier than that on twitter from your late 2000s early twitter india state so i think it's kind of very under acknowledged on this pod that We all like sports that, fans. That we are all very old now. Is that what? Also, <laughs> also that's, that's something that's really beautiful. Fifteen years into where it is, and Twitter has obviously gone to a different place since then. Now we meet on WhatsApp and podcasts. That's one of those things that I wanted to call out and ask uh, Tony, for example, because this is Tariq's our twenty-sixth guest, right? Yeah, Or, uh, that's right. And twenty-sixth friend. What is his guest? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The Twitter thing is 
underappreciated. And I, one of the other uh, aspects of this is reading Tariq and seeing some of his Twitter threads. The main thing or the big thing about the sporting aspect of it is all the personal connections that you guys have. And I remember you guys watching Ajaz Patel, was it? Two years ago, live uh, after the pandemic. And this podcast is pretty much a, a product of post-pandemic reflections and watching sport together. Yeah. Uh, so, Chapi, I think it would be nice for you to speak through a little bit on the personal aspect of this and how you guys are drawn to writing that much more. Uh, I get that this has become really, really serious for a bits and pieces episode, but that's kind of the theme that I wanted to start with and then move forward from there. You want Tony to go first, right? Because you <laughs> <laughs> That's as deep as it gets. You don't even know who he's referring to. Right, right back, right back. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I'll just uh, try to set this up a little because uh, uh, there was an early Twitter, right? Which is, I think, 2008, 2009, 10, probably till about 2013, 14, when, uh, well, a lot of, I want to say, India went to hell in a handbasket and everything post that seemed like really annoying, right? And uh, I had a newsletter in between, which I shut down for mental peace, etc. And like the constant refrain was that, you know, Twitter has gone to the dogs, etc, etc, etc. But like uh, off late in the last two to three years, purely because of people like Chopi and Tariq, I've discovered that Twitter can be an actually joyous place, right? Um, and I think Srinath, uh, sometime I'd posted an Instagram story, uh, which you sort of caught on to which is that it's not about using um, social media less it's about using social media more consciously right and i think we've all been enriched so much by the presence of uh, so many networks um, the last time we met was when Srinath came about and if you uh, remember the outro to the last episode it was basically you guys just you know making your way back to the hotel and singing right and this so beautiful just to listen back to uh, after a long period in time and uh, the thing is that when we met uh, physically for the first time it didn't feel like talking to strangers right there's nothing of the awkwardness because uh, not only do we th- talk through twitter or whatsapp but this podcast has enabled that as well so i want to say like uh, between Tariq and choppy you guys are the ones who've sort of made me look at twitter again and realize that no it has not gone to the dogs there is a way to use it consciously and i definitely enjoy uh, you know all of your tweets and uh, the long form writings that you do so over to you choppy how how do you do it no i think uh, it's uh, it's one of those uh, beautiful things where uh, the shared love for one thing and one thing only sort of you know transmogrifies itself into into a much bigger shared connection and it's the same with uh, Tariq, right? I mean, Tariq uh, would remember that I was the one who gave him this nickname of Brother T. I don't know where it came from. but <laughs> I, I very well remember, yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's one of those things oh, where, uh, you know, you, you don't need much to go, uh, go with really. And, and you just find that one shared bit between two people and then a group and whatever happens after that is is something as cool as bits and pieces so uh, i mean we don't take ourselves too seriously on this podcast but uh, uh, i think we take ourselves seriously enough to realize you know what what this actually means and uh, i mean uh, kudos to nitin and tony and srinath and all the people behind uh, this podcast and you know the the people who really started it and have kept at it for for what 53 episodes now 
but yeah i think i think the times uh, when we've met or when we have been you know waffling about something completely random on the whatsapp group it's it's very precious it's very difficult to find in these times where you know you have to be part of one toxic fan base or the other or you have to uh, support one team or the other or one part of the country or another uh, so to have someone who's sort of sane but yet not very uh, you know serious minded uh, knows how to have fun etc like tarik or like tony or like nitin any of these you know people you uh, you know once you get to know them you really start valuing the the power of social media and the power of human connection there's a lot of hate out there and a lot of negative stuff out there but if you're able to sort of you know have the privilege i'd say to cocoon yourself into a smaller circle where uh, you don't encounter a lot of it or you encounter it for the right reasons i suppose then i mean it's it's a cool place and i mean in my case i'm glad to be a part of this podcast i'm glad to be a part of you know just the shared bond that we have I think one way of looking at it, I'm looking at Murli as well here because uh, you mentioned arguments and uh, you know growing up to live with them and not and understanding that not everyone likes the same set of people and teams and we have our famous uh, Ashwin and Kohli and uh, Shastri and Dravid discussions forever. Sometimes it gets really nasty. Sometimes like it's it's, it's like. we are missing hank on the spot but it's like the, the biggest one is ipl versus not right because that's kind of the essence of early twitter as well like you had people who were rabid football fans and you know very strong supporters of clubs and had arguments and things but i think that's kind of transformed into a really nice way with uh, coming together on this group uh, i was actually have two parts to this I, i i mean i i i completely want to throw out the caveat that this has gotten as philosophical as tarik wonders right in the beginning <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, zero regrets i want to tell you something <laughs> something that so i was discussing with my wife a little earlier and she says what is this llc you get some 50 messages while we're watching one netflix episode every 5 minutes you're getting 50 messages what is going on who are these kids and i was like these are the most <laughs> mature the most amazing adults there are arguing about some life changing things <laughs> keep your distance this netflix episode has ended right now and she goes what is wrong with you i was like you have no idea and she goes oh my god you guys must go back many years and i was like i've never met any <laughs> I have never met a single human being in person but I feel so connected to them and cricket unites us in such a unique way in fact like Srinath says I like the arguments more than this if you guys agreed with everything I said I may have left the group <laughs> I love the fact <laughs> that there is constant challenge that people are always willing to very you know beautifully disagree and put points and facts in front of us and I owe it to Twitter. Like, and as many uh, Elon Musk jokes as we can make, every single part person here and the larger panel of bits and pieces as a whole, I owe it to Twitter because to date, as much as I see most of the people around me spending all of their time scrolling on Instagram, to Twitter is still the first app I open. It's the it's the app I scroll the most on, and of course, even my the the whatever the amount of time you spend on each app. 
Twitter heavily, you know, outweighs all the other apps on my phone. I, See, I, that, I, I, I just, I just want to say that uh, you have now a streak of two. Last uh, podcast you opened with Pant's injury and like how we need to be careful when we speak about cricketers, etc. You've now brought this to a very philosophical point, right? So, and I'm not going to rescue here, uh, rescue you this time, but I'm just going to basically say one thing, right? And uh, one thing that is underappreciated about uh, this group and the friendship that we have, I think in general people speak about how men. don't get to be vulnerable enough right and like that closes uh, causes close not too close friendships etc i think one good thing that we have is that twitters we've grown up with twitter and we've seen so many great people who've like spoken about life experiences beyond cricket itself but then cricket puts you in the most vulnerable position possible right like if you can imagine that srina this getting up and saying day veliya poda to someone <laughs> you know how much uh, it it helps right so i think is a mixture of both that we grew up with twitter but also uh, cricket helps us to be extra vulnerable to the point where there are discussions where people sort of uh, call each other out to say listen like this is not a joke that you should be making right which is also great um so it's about vulnerability but at the same time maturity and uh, friendship so yeah there you go one of the <laughs> things that uh, resonates a lot with me especially with tarik's writing is uh, obviously you write for yourself but you're also writing for the reader and it doesn't need to be like a viral piece that gets a million hits but effectively you're speaking to this community that murli and you refer to which is effectively this group and a wider group of people on twitter etc so again the the vulnerability point is something tarik writes about very frequently the personal connection so uh, i want to throw to like the recent uh, world cup and and some of the stuff he's written pe- previously around the argentine football team and how it reminds him of uh, his mom's fandom of sport and uh, it, it, we should remember that we're all still talking about sport which is uh, probably the most meaningful among the meaningless things in life to paraphrase ancelotti's uh, famous quote as you grow older and this is not an age joke it's true of all of us how do you kind of see sport differently in the sense that i see in your writing a lot now it's about the personal it's about the family it's about the connection it's about the childhood you're in your childhood home now so how has watching sport in that sense changed for you and i see that as a very big positive because we don't talk about how sky fell down scooped the big six and how that's the greatest thing ever it's more about what a uh, messy goal reminds you of you do a lot more photographs now and so on and what a rishabh like. pant reminds you of when you watch him live or what a, a sneha rana reminds you of when you go and watch her at the commonwealth games uh, live so how has that changed for you and i, I think this will resonate with choppy as well as his writing is one of the things that it's it's kind of very similar to the way you do it right i i and i i should mention uh avishek's piece about watching ajaz patel and and going back to the uh, to the stadium after the pandemic which was was a piece that really resonated because uh it it brought out all the emotions of uh, why we go and watch sport in the in the first place so which uh, going back to your question about uh, how it has evolved so it has gone beyond um uh, uh, basic results and uh, uh Uh, let's say the outcomes and things like that um so what it has gone on to now is maybe a a, a wider perspective because uh, kind of as you grow older it's it's those kind of things that give you give you perspective and i don't kind of shy away from doing that there was a time when i would have not wanted to talk about it but now if i look at a, a us open final between a, a between a raducanu and somebody whose combined ages is is less than less than mine then i kind of know that we are watching watching a very different <laughs> generational shift right um but then i have to sort of uh, give a perspective to it for 
for myself and um, i've always believed that uh, we kind of watch sport for the for the connections and that's something that has become apparent over the last uh, particularly i think the last 5 6 years for two reasons one uh, which was the one that you brought out which is uh, communities built through uh, things like twitter and and podcasts and things like that which w- we did not have as much of an access to from earlier because most of my friendships revolve around that i have a couple of friends with whom i have a football podcast and it's uh, that was the essence of that friendship uh, these two guys happened to be my students before that um so you know that and and again it's it's one of those things where we are watching football for the sake of football we have our loyalties but more often than not we are discussing sort of like the the larger issue or the or the uh, sort of the social status of of watching sport and one other thing that has happened at least with me personally over the last 4 or 5 years is that i've been lucky enough to be able to travel and attend a lot of these uh, sporting events in different settings and and with different people and interact with uh, sort of these different communities and uh, everywhere the the more you see how immediate a connection just the love of one sport or uh, a particular team in the in the sport uh, can bring out you know makes you focus more more on the uh, on the community which which is sort of what i think personally has shifted within me that now i'm looking at it all through that long lens uh, of of community and that's that's kind of how i um, on twitter i think i tweet a lot more about sport now than i used to uh, and and part of it is again like tony mentioned the whole uh, whole community thing of being in this group where you know that okay this is something that if i put out there there are people who would interact react and uh, actually be moved so that's that's kind of why or or and that's kind medals. of the, 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 <laughs> and, <laughs> and give our medals <laughs> <laughs> tarik one one thing that i sort of want to interject with is that obviously like you have a wealth of knowledge and information in your head uh, but you you know mention sort of like real batons which for your students which is also extremely enjoyable uh, when you do it on instagram right so i briefly went through your instagram this morning and i was like uh, looking at messi and the alpha horse alpha horse alpha horse is probably an empowered <laughs> prostitute right of which there should be more but uh, a l f a j o r e i'm not sure how you pronounce in spanish but basically uh, the messy story about incentives right uh, i'm right. not sure if all our listeners have heard it why don't you tell us that and like how do you combine these uh, you know pop culture with the takeaway of an economics behind it which is the most enjoyable thing for me honestly like there are lots of serious writers and kudos to them but i think like i have even greater respect for people who are able to take themselves less seriously and sort of like throw in a joke in there and sort of present it more interestingly right so how did you how did you do that because like economics is not a field that lends itself to comedy per se so so i think uh, just just one instance on this when i was uh, in uh, university so sort of i was uh, doing my phd in the, in the us uh, we had a class called uh, economics theory of choice um, so which is a very heavily mathematical class uh, so where this professor from uh, university of chicago would come and and talk about all these ideas and i looked through them and because i had a little bit of economics knowledge from before i figured that these are actually very simple ideas which just are being formally presented through the math so i was talking to a classmate of mine who wanted some help and i was sort of trying to explain to her things in probably a, a language or a frame of reference that she would get so she was korean so i was not sure we did not have let's say uh, the same countries so i can't use that bollywood references or something like that so i think i i don't remember exactly what it was but i used one of those 
relatively common pop culture references to kind of explain to her uh, the combination of labor and capital and how do you choose that and things like that so and and i remember her exclaiming that so why does like professor thrainen not do that like the, the prof was teaching us so i said i mean uh, he could i am guessing <laughs> but i mean that's that's how i would look at it and and then she insisted that we go through the the rest of the topics and that's where the sort of the seed of the idea came through that uh, it, i look at everything through through that lens it's So the Messi story was that um, back when he was uh, in Newell's uh, old boys, his uh, coach basically told him that you are great at dribbling and uh, you are an excellent uh, uh, footballer on the ground. But we also want to improve your aerial game. So uh, if you score a goal uh, uh, through a header, uh, I will give you sort of like these two Alfa Jores. I think it's Alfa Jores or Alfa Jores is much better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for ruining <laughs> that for you, but yeah, as a whole, it is now. <laughs> we we are we are definitely not raising any questions in Messi's character. So he said it will be two if if you score a goal uh, by a header, one if you score uh, you know by by your foot. So uh, what he did was because Messi at that time, as we all know, was short. He was undergoing that uh, that growth hormone treatment. So he basically the next thing he did was uh, dribbled past the entire field because he was really good for his age in terms of, of what he was doing to his peers, past the goalie and then stood right in front of goal, flicked the ball up to his head and just sort of tapped it in and held up two fingers <laughs> towards the coach, saying that you owe me like two, two, two of the treats now. Uh, so there was uh, there was a great example of that when you have uh, uh, some kind of an incentive, uh, you. want to sort of uh, take advantage of the incentive which is sort of like the basic lesson in economics you can teach anybody so you know that's how i looked at it and then i said everybody knows messi so they would like to you know know an interesting story about him and that's that's an easy way to sort of uh, go and connect to an audience so and and that's what happens all the time with me now i'm i'm that guy who's sort of like looking for economics references everywhere including katy perry i believe which is amazing right i think just to just to tie where we started with and where we are going now it is i think the like you can describe it in one phrase as sky falls down right as a cricketer i think it would have been frowned upon for you to fall down while playing a shot um, you know literally the sky falls down right but he is entertaining uh, people like nobody's business now and doing it consistently and i think like the future is set for uh, you know people like you who can combine um, not just economics but just like a view of the world uh, but making it fun also so i want to say i'm a great fan and i'm so thankful for uh, <laughs> i forced you to do that photograph of the kerala blasters goal but thank no, you no, so no, much no no i love doing it <laughs> it was so much fun doing it i had to watch the goal about 50 times but it was worth it <laughs> Tariq I have one question though like what do you think economics can do to improve indian cricket man i have to ask because we are so <laughs> passionate here so 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 no, it's it, it's a great question and it's something that we uh, actually do dwell on uh, sometimes in discussions in the office and and otherwise as well in fact i was teaching a development economics course and i think abhishek and i had this conversation where i i have promised abhishek to send the case study when i make it about uh, you know people like uh, natrajan and so on who have uh, gotten this option of social mobility uh, thanks to the way cricket has been democratized and uh, the way it has spread because because uh, fundamentally cricket and all these sports are what in economics we call winner take all markets uh, where the basically the benefits um, a huge amount of the benefits accrue disproportionately to those who are the superstars at the at the top which means that these markets are uh, 
uh, I think I'm, I'm forgetting who was the economist who, who coined that phrase was that they're misleadingly attractive, that everybody thinks they can make it as, uh, as a cricketer and uh, only uh, a handful uh, make it as uh, a, a top cricketer who would uh, who'd be raking in all the, all the money and the endorsements and things like that. And there are so many uh, for whom there is a huge amount of, again, a classic economics phrase, opportunity cost uh, to actually take up cricket and, and learn it and devote so much time uh, and if they're not then able to make it, uh, it, it makes their life so much more, uh, so much more difficult. Like uh, a, an example is uh, Praveen Tambe for, uh, 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 to, to take a case, right? Because everybody knows about his story, uh, thanks, thanks to the movie. So fundamentally, with, in winner-take-all market, uh, the biggest challenge is to try and uh, deliver something for the middle because everybody's trying to move up to the top tier, but uh, it's a given that they would not be able to. Uh, in tennis, everybody cannot be a, a, a federer. So it's the same story in tennis. Uh, 50% of professional tennis players do not make any money because they spend uh, more than they actually earn, even if they are sort of winning games on the tour and all that, because there's so much of cost for each of them. Uh, and, and the same is true of cricket with both sort of like explicit and implicit costs. Uh, so maybe expanding opportunities for them to be able to uh, get paid for uh, something that they're investing so much in uh, so, sort of uh, more leagues and things like that and opportunities and freeing up those opportunities are the only sort of uh, way I see it, or at least I uh, kind of try to advocate for in whatever capacity. So, but Chops and you, can, uh, Tariq, you will also know better. I, is the system not having money? Because the system looks really rich to me. BCCI as a body looks really rich to me. But, but the money, as you're saying, it's not trickling down. Even I have friends in the my third, fourth, fifth division league cricket. Who live, who live very ordinary lives, unfortunately, because the cricket is not going to do enough. But cricket is where their true passion is. Like they live Monday through Friday for that one league game on Sunday. And they pull themselves through a very sad, ordinary job to just make the money for their wife and their kids to go back and play something for their passion on Sunday and then come right back to their lives, which I found it very hard to digest. I mean, I I, I regret, I, I, I was very happy that I'm not as skilled as they were because being stuck in that is a lot worse than you being not so good at cricket, but playing casually over the weekend and going right back to a significantly set job over the week. Yeah, so I think I'll, I'll let Abhishek go first on this one, Abhishek. Uh, Who is Abhishek? I think Tarek would agree that trickle down economics is is the biggest scam of uh, of all time. So yeah, I mean <laughs> this is the second uh, <laughs> reference on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, with with cricket, it's always been uh, you know the the case that the interest at the lowest level, and I'm I'm taking lowest level to mean two things one is you know the the semi professional or barely professional level as well as you know people in the non traditional cricketing centers uh, the money or the resources reach there at the at the very end uh, i mean in in the non traditional cricket centers now it's perhaps not so much of a problem uh, cricket's reaching everywhere because of the charts we have had but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll take it perhaps back to the topic that Vipul discussed with Srinath and Tony and the others when he was on the pod. But you look at stadiums, man. I mean, it's it's the same story uh, over and over again where, uh, you know, you can talk about it till the cows come home that 
or I mean, cause is in the cricket for office, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> essentially, the the uh, money doesn't go to the right places because there are too many people in between. It's not you know any form of transparency is not there to for us to know you know why you know league cricketers in in Madras, for example, are not making money or even in Bombay, man, like. you have uh, you know this kanga league where uh, if you go talk to the cricketers uh, one fine sunday you'll have them working as you know grade 4 grade 5 employees in some semi government organization yeah. uh, at a very young age uh, and their passion is cricket and they they want to make it really big but as tarik said they won't um and they are going to be stuck in this loop where all they want to do is play cricket and nothing will come out of it so i mean the only thing that one can do given that uh, you know the market structure is perhaps not going to change so much shit who's the economist on the pod i'm not so sure <laughs> but tarik uh, tarik is doing rangoli as we speak that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Okay, we have to take ten seconds to yeah. appreciate that. Appreciate so, Tony mentioned economics is not a field where where you can have a lot of fun. HR is very unlike that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the R in HR is Rangoli. No, but I'm saying that uh, it's going to be the same. I mean, BCCI is not going anywhere. You bring in four, five, uh, six Lodha committees. It's going to be the same. So. within that the only thing you can hope for is for example kanga league to have like a lot more resources and a lot more money to have uh, payments done through some of these cricketers who slog um, you know weekend every weekend in bombay to i, I mean for nothing man it's the ground is shit the the dressing room is shit they are barely able to you know afford kits of their own so uh, you hope that you know more such stuff keeps happening and and money goes uh, down to the levels at which it is needed the most but i mean i don't see that happening to be honest just to start off where tarik spoke about the paper that was being published about likes of natraj and right that's about one or two levels above what you guys are talking about it's it's about city league cricket it's about division league cricket the fact that the tnpl and the kpl and all sorts of these state leagues happen and some of these guys even have a chance is a recent improvement right the money was not even going down to this level 10 years ago yeah, yeah, yeah and for me for me the bigger issue is there's there's a parallel to be drawn with the premier league on the other side where premier league attracted the best talent in the world i think there's more than 100 countries footballers from 100 countries have played in the you premier clarified, league clarified ah premier league is indian premier league now oh, <laughs> oh, please that's fine i think there's been, there's, there's a parallel to be drawn there with the lack of success of the english international team despite so much money and talent and players and investment going into the english premier league over a 30 year window okay? because we keep making these semi finals and things and last two episodes we've been crying about how 2022 was the worst year for indian cricket and india finished at number 1 on the win loss record uh, table uh, across formats <laughs> so the lack of world titles for me is uh, is an equally big problem as much as uh, you know the lower division cricketers don't get paid uh, and things i think that part is at least improved to a degree where an atrajan can at least aspire to have a living from the game but uh, but on the other side you know this this keeps happening over a 10 year window and we've been doing all sorts of things and not winning a single trophy yeah. even even new zealand have won something to honest <laughs> wow <laughs> just to uh, round up this section srinath do you think this is the right time to ask chops for an update on the nepal premier league <laughs> <laughs> absolutely okay but- 
I am going to get all serious and give you an update. The Nepal Premier League is no longer uh, happening because uh, I mean it's 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 the best place to end it at because uh, there is an Indian company who was given the contract of running the entire thing, and fifty uh, percent of the payment had to happen before the tournament and fifty percent after. The players started the tournament. The pre-payment, uh, the pre-tournament payment didn't happen, and they kept playing. And then I mean. i think collectively everyone knew that it was no longer going to come pre or post or whatever and it so no no longer happening <laughs> they they all got james faulkner very famously yeah. james faulkner yeah man yeah. choppy to summarize everything that you have said so far about nothing changes we can just describe it as becoming a chetan sharma right you could complain about everything in the world you could fire him and then bring them right back to do all the things over again yeah. oh india you got to love you the fact that we're now screwing people internationally we're screwing nepal premier league and all we don't want to just screw our own we're screwing every country yeah so, south africa you're next <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to I want to uh, ask uh, brother T about uh, his uh, episodes of playing uh, in England. I think it's it's a fascinating story. I remember parts of it because I think he's mentioned it on Twitter once or twice. But uh, I really want to understand, you know, what that experience was like, and and uh, you know, did he see baseball coming up when he played there uh, in the local cricket? And and uh, you mean baseball? Baseball, yeah. I saw that. <laughs> baseball, yeah. I was wondering if US <laughs> had league cricket and Tariq somehow played at Temple <laughs> University or something. Oh uh, no 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 <laughs> no. So that was that was after Temple and that was in in London. So uh, the the uh, incident uh, Chop is referring to is uh, uh, something that happened in 2018. I was uh, at a summer course in uh, London School of Economics and. I was watching. I think the England Tunisia game one evening uh, at the at the LSE Student Union Bar, and uh, there was this guy who uh, seemed clearly not a student of LSE. He had just come some from somewhere outside, I guess, because the beer was cheap there. And <laughs> we were just discussing uh, that I was uh, explaining cricket to him, but he was not really a, a cricket person. He's more of a football person. And uh, England happened to win the game against Tunisia, so he said we should watch the next game uh, together as well because you brought the lucky charm. So. you know we should make england win the next game i said sure uh, so we went and uh, met for the next game um, incidentally the next game was uh, not the group game that was on sunday uh, but the the game against colombia uh, which was the which was the pre quarter finals and he got his friend along uh, a mark who who's a huge uh, uh, cricket guy and uh, we just got talking and uh, obviously you all know what happened in the colombia game it was uh, utterly dramatic Uh, where England finally won a shootout. Uh, these two guys, I kid you not, were uh, on their knees praying by the by the end of the shootout. In a penalty shootout, if anyone should be praying on their feet, it should be the Colombian footballers, because <laughs> as dark uh, humor as it is. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so, I mean, essentially, after that, Mark said, "Do you play cricket? We we have we have a team, and we want you to come and." Uh, and play for us i said i've not picked up a leather ball in about well, i think it was 10 12 years or so the last time i had played with a leather ball and that was the first time i was playing with a leather ball so he said never mind this is sort of village cricket level it's it's 4 out of 10 at the best you just come we just need somebody to complete the team and uh, 
that evening i i did not think much of it uh, but that evening somebody emailed me saying that oh uh, i understand that uh, you have spoken to our mutual friend mark and i emphasize on the point mutual friend because i had met mark about 4 hours ago <laughs> so from there they sent across a whole uh, team list saying that oh you are coming this is where you have to come and who's doing the teas and things like that so i was like okay this is happening this is real because they are talking about the teas now uh, so so i bought whites for the for the game because they told that you would have to come in whites and everything we played with them and i think what was very remarkable about that that i was meeting all of these people for the first time i was not great at cricket any which way uh, but they just accepted as if it was just absolutely natural and they gave me uh, a cap and everything uh, so this club is called trinity oxley uh, cricket club uh, and uh, you just uh, for every game you uh, play i think you pay them like a 15 pound uh, like a common fee for taking care of the tees and things like that and that's that uh, the rest is all fun they play 40 over game I did not bat because I told the captain immediately that please put me at number eleven because I cannot bat to save my life. <laughs> uh, but they did did give me a bowl, and uh, I think there was like an eleven or a twelve year old kid. We were playing some team called Bedford FC, uh, uh, Bedford CC, uh, and and he tried to take me on over uh, mid off on a on a full length delivery, miss hit it, or probably did not have enough strength in the arms to clear the mid off fielder and. Uh, i was celebrating as if uh, i had got uh, like a wicket in an international game <laughs> never mind that the kid at the other end was 11 which reminded <laughs> me of my of my dad absolutely fuming at ian botham in 1992 when he got sachin out he was like that, that kid is like half his age why is he celebrating like that <laughs> <laughs> i was reminded of one of his other uh, pieces where Tariq is watching a game with his father, and uh, Imran Khan's bowling, and uh, he's bowled a uh, bowled an Indian batter out, and his father screams at the screen, "Son of a tiger!" That's what he says. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like yeah, Tariq that's... eventually went and dismissed the son of another tiger. Uh, like the <laughs> oh, conclusion. Oh, Saif Ali Khan. Okay. But you nice, did go uh, and play with them, uh, play for those guys again, like next again, year. again in 2019. Because the first thing I did after I reached there on 2019, I'd gone to watch the watch the World Cup. In fact, and I told them that if they're meeting for a game, I would love to come. And they immediately said, "Yes, uh, you absolutely should." And uh, that game was turned out to be a disaster. That's where uh, I scored the the, the zero of four. Uh, the the leg spinner that came in pitched outside leg stump. I knew where it was heading. I could do nothing about it. It took the top of off. uh but uh, but and uh, recently i was playing cricket and i put a photo because i was wearing the trinity oxley uh, shirt while playing uh, in in bangalore and i think uh, mark follows me on instagram so he saw it and then he sort of sent a snapshot of it to the guys on the on the group and they were absolutely thrilled that thank you for <laughs> repping the club like across the world I mean the concept of teas is just amazing. Uh they they make amazing food there uh, every single match and some of the stuff that's been written about English village cricket and you know the the fun element that it has is is quite amazing. So yeah, I'm I'm very glad you got to experience that. Roles, what what's the state of tea like in Portugal, Murli? <laughs> having played in the the Portuguese elite <laughs> teams. It's 
this is first elite is a beautiful word to describe the portuguese cricket league cuz i play in the top flight league in portugal below yeah. that top flight league there are no other leagues so there is <laughs> <laughs> so there is only one league and there are a whopping 340 people who play cricket in portugal and all 340 play in this league so it's a <laughs> it's it's a very nice league where you really find people who are truly passionate the one thing that is better here is you get biryani for lunch and not tea and scones um, <laughs> <laughs> the british famously have a very pedantic about scones being dipped in cream first and jam next in which order and all of that stuff oh. so with with biryani it's very easy put your hand in and start talping uh, yes. as much as you can especially if you're batting second you don't worry about it so that's the one improvement on on english cricket culture in continental europe and it's also like absolute delicious top drawer biryani because you know this subcontinental people but it's the variety is astounding is indians this pakistanis uh, in some cases there's uh, the sri lankan version as well of this so it's it's kind nice. of uh, it's the best there part is, of the day sometimes there is a raisin <laughs> raisin infested bangladeshi biryani as well which i would warn you about it's an acquired taste <laughs> it's, it's pretty good yeah <laughs> the dammaru dam league yeah <laughs> <laughs> one of the other things i wanted to speak through as tarik is on the pod as well is um he is one of the champions of women's cricket on twitter uh, if i can say that because uh it's now getting increasingly fancy to follow the women's game and keep track but i remember from around 2014 15 uh when not a lot of people would follow the women's game and uh the the story that keeps coming back to me is your commonwealth games uh, live experience tarik uh, you went and followed the indian women's team in birmingham last year uh i want to touch on that a little bit and also speak through how much that has changed for you over let's say a 7 8 year window because uh, vipul tony and i were at the india australia women's game a few weeks ago and i remember watching a game with 35 people at drabun and here we were watching a 12000 packed arena with every last ticket sold in bombay which is absolutely heartwarming i've repeated this like 20 also, times but a quick shout out to the uh, i want to see the advertising hoardings along the fence which was the only thing that uh, kept us uh, informed of what was happening in the game and i, I think sreenath you mentioned itw is something to do with that you, you guys do that right uh, tarik I... yeah yeah the the on ground advertising pretty much anything that happens in india if india plays at home uh, most of the on ground advertising rights is is with us so we kind of get get the clients on the on those boards i think uh, in in terms of the experience uh, the commonwealth games experience was was excellent because uh, most of the games were were fairly packed uh, with with all sorts of people i think i went to I went to all the India league games uh, and the semi-final and final. Uh, I think all of the league games had 80% plus tickets sold. I think the the way they approach it there is is also different. There's so many families and uh, kids coming in. Uh, uh, it was great to see uh, an equal audience in terms of male versus female. So um, that was that was great to see. And for a lot of the families that I spoke to, uh, they have been following. Uh, men's cricket for the most part but uh, because i think the first first brush i had of this was uh, when i went to watch the 2017 world cup final uh, at at lords where where i was seated next to a family who had traveled from the midlands uh, just to come and watch india in the in the final and they uh, they 
told me that they had not really followed the team before this and because they got to know that they are in the final they they're following them so i think the profile of the team has definitely been raised and and the way uh, particularly because the way the game is marketed in england uh, specifically the england's women's team which is why i think the semi final was uh, a complete uh, sold out uh, game uh, i think there were people who were sitting next to me who had come from london to watch that game um uh, just just for that day uh so the the experience so i have not really watched uh, any women's cricket on the ground before 2017 uh so incidentally in a way uh, of all that i watched on television my first ground experience was the world cup final which happened to be such a huge occasion and what was such a big deal in terms of uh raising the the profile of the game so uh that i think also subconsciously put into me this idea that there is obviously great potential for this um i would not really call myself a champion there's so many other people who uh follow the game much more closely who talk about it much more uh but i uh, partially was uh, driven by by those kind of people and the and the accounts on twitter who are doing such tireless work in terms of uh, bringing out uh, what's happening in the women's game every single time uh, is is why i now sort of seek out these experiences uh Uh, wherever i go i'll be very honest with you the first time i went and uh, uh, tried for the world cup final ticket was because i surmised that oh it would be easier to get the world cup final ticket of a women's world cup than it would be ever of of a men's world cup and and yeah. i think we've we've come a long way from there to me booking the commonwealth games final in advance because i thought oh the tickets might run out yeah and that's that's the story of transformation right it's like half a decade barely but it's almost a lifetime in terms of how much it's changed and what i mean is more in terms of the visibility uh, that women's sports that you give women's sports as much as people cover it because there's various degrees to this there's cynicism that women should never get paid as much as men because it's not as popular that's one side of it and there's people who consume passively and then there's people who actively promote it and there's people who cover it so you kind of fall into one of the top two tiers uh, which which i think is super important for the average indian fan uh, at this point even before we have an ipl so it's not just like the world cup finals and the commonwealth games but it's more like the day to day which again is a larger debate around olympic sports as people follow when there's medals but otherwise it's not much visible just uh, just to add to what uh, tarik is saying i think uh, uh, It was Vinayak, uh, who's who's a common friend for Tarik and me, who had compiled this massive, massive list of people who really talk about women's cricket uh, on Twitter. And I mean, Vinayak himself is one of them. Uh, and and you see that a lot of them, while you know they they are perhaps going to some under nineteen, under twenty one tournament that's happening in India, and and they are it's it's the proverbial you know a man and a dog or a woman and a dog story. Uh, as far as audience for those matches is concerned sometimes uh, there's no official entry even and and they are the ones covering it somehow but if it comes to let's say the world cup that's coming up or or even the commonwealth games those very same people because of lack of funds resources and and you know not being affiliated to any official uh, 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 you know body like crickinfo or some newspaper etc they're not able to make it to those uh, to those matches and to those tournaments which i mean is is perhaps where we would want to be at some state uh, i mean the people who cover the domestic game uh, with that much passion when when uh, there's nothing much to go by in terms of uh, returns or 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 
uh, incentives they are the ones who perhaps get the chance to you know go to those tournaments and and cover them live and uh, freelancing like it is in the men's game really becomes an option in the in the women's game also anyone knows wtc equation uh, i was just doing that hold on share screen Yeah, I was, I was just trying to format the columns more. Oh, more shit. Oh, man. Let Too me, much time. The economists are getting excited. Let me do it for you guys. Hopefully, like... Uh, <laughs> Spreadsheets and economists, okay. so, right? So, yeah. practically, it's going to be uh, India versus Australia final, guys. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, unless you're a betting man and a terrible one at that, it should be an India versus uh, Australia uh, finals. Australia is way ahead of anyone else. I'm not sure if you can see my browser as well, but they're practically on uh, 75.56, right? Even if they lose the next four, uh, they'll be around the 60% mark. So what you see in column E is basically the win uh, percentages that they'll end up at. And the only team that can append Australia at this point is Sri Lanka. If they win two matches in um, New, Zealand. Uh, New Zealand, right? And they'll reach 61. So... The worst case of Australia is that they get beaten 4-0 uh, in India and then Sri Lanka beat New Zealand 2-0 away, uh, in which case Australia are knocked out and it becomes an India versus Australia final. I am not going to bet on that. I am a betting man, but I'm not going to bet on that. Uh, but wait, here wait, is India's you, equation. You mean, you mean India-Sri Lanka? Sri Lanka final. Yeah, he means India-Sri yeah, India, Lanka final. Yeah, sorry. So this is India as it stands right now. Um, and if India get one win and three draws, uh, they'd go up to around 57, uh, go down to around 57%. If they get uh, two wins and a draw, they go up to around 59%. And if they get uh, three wins, they go up to 62.5%, right? Correspondingly, South Africa has a two-match uh, series against West Indies, which I'm guessing they win. And even if they win both, they end up at around 55.55, right? Which means practically uh, India just need to win two matches, right? And uh, Tony, are, what, uh, what happens if uh, India lose the BGT 4-0? I'm just yeah, asking. Fuck it, dude. Then why do we care about this WTC? <laughs> Bring on this. <laughs> this <laughs> podcast will be 15 minutes of crying. <laughs> two, two IPLs this, uh, this season. That's all. If India lose BGT 4-0, several things are going to happen, including <laughs> Chetan Sharma getting sacked yet again in a span of, uh, span of a year. So the first phase was when he was getting paid to do the selection job. Second phase was when he is offered to do it for free. I think if this <laughs> happens, he's going to pay money to select. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As new captain Hardik Pandya has said, it is a crime to ball no balls, especially more so because India has actually lost points uh, this uh, this uh, B, uh, this WTC to uh, over rates, right? So as long as we don't get any negatives, uh, we practically just need two wins. Uh, England leading the negatives chart, as you can see. And uh, world beaters, New Zealand are the second worst team after uh, Bangladesh. So, yeah, I mean, for... Maybe there's another final to be played there. Right? Uh, <laughs> Bangladesh. Sure. Wooden sure. spoon. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, early prediction, uh, bits and pieces, jinx notwithstanding, India versus Australia final. and uh, It's in the Oval, right? Yeah, brother Srinath is going to be there to represent oh. bits and pieces. Please. 
I'm just imagining I'm running with the hypothesis of a fornal BGT loss and an Australia versus Sri Lanka final or an India versus Sri Lanka final at the Oval and I'm wondering what the Sri Lankans would be thinking hey how did this team go there now what was happening we were having some political problem we were debating them the podcast as a Sri Lanka would be wondering man our team went off the final what do we do now Asia Cup champions man Daniel Alexander universe that's what absolutely uh so only two teams this uh, wtc have not won a series at home one is bangladesh which is the other i'm going to throw it to srinath new zealand oh, of course <laughs> <laughs> who blew one one versus bangladesh i don't know when this happened but apparently no that, that is a that is a beautiful win who was that ibadat hussain da ibadat hussain yeah, yeah. superb bowler what a yeah. bowler that, that was yeah. bangladesh's only win of 2022 incidentally in test yeah. PGK Ma- is uh, is tearing his hair out right now despite <laughs> no mentions of Ashwin <laughs> Bangladesh <laughs> beating New Zealand at home is like beyond <laughs> what he can handle yeah speaking of New Zealand not winning there was a proper thriller uh, in Karachi at, and it ended in a very oh yeah comic. wait sorry I'm sorry Pakistan has not won a series at home either right Yeah. yeah. Pakistan For, uh, no, no, so it was not Bangladesh. It's Pakistan and New Zealand. I'm guessing Bangladesh has won a series at home. Probably. Possibly. Probably. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. Should have done better research. <laughs> <laughs> there, was a, there was a nice uh, tweet from uh, Usman. Obviously a very uh, grim tweet for Pakistan cricket fans, but They they beat South Africa a year and a half ago uh, at home, uh, yeah. like with a pace, pace heavy attack and a pace strategy and a nice pitch that produced results. And then they switched to uh, slow dead tracks, which uh, woke up on the afternoon of day five and then England owned <laughs> them <laughs> and New Zealand almost owned them, which would have been a proper disgrace for Pakistan. Uh, Pakistan at any point, but like at home in Karachi with Sarfraz doing what he did for two games. That would have been a comedy finish to the whole thing. No, I may add one bit of economics to the the Karachi ending. I mean, uh, what A.B. de Villiers pointed out about the spinners and uh, the the pacer thing, which was uh, a great case of what we call moral hazard in economics that the exact thing that you tell somebody not to do you're creating incentives for them to uh so, so do exactly exactly that which is promising to both spinners and then uh, if if the if the teams actually hitting the spinners are getting close to the target you can always bring the pacers back and end the game right there yeah yeah okay no, I, i i mean I, like this is one of the rare instances where nitin sundar and me are on the side of the icc saying i think it's fair enough dude like why why do you let players decide it has to be like an objective benchmark and umpires call the game off at whatever point in time right and if a team wants to bowl fast bowlers yeah it's it's their choice at the end of the day i mean like we would have liked to see a result but i think this it's fair only that it ended in a draw also because the i can't see the ball thing is super subjective Sa- they can, they, i can announce it at any <laughs> saudi is bowling i can't see the ball sort of umpire is bowling i can see saudi i can't see so it's very tough to make that uh, differentiation I don't know how this rule was applied when uh, India could just bring on Kumble and achieve both right <laughs> <laughs> Oh man <laughs> last, last scene uh, Ashna was performing Kumble's action <laughs> wait for this in the BGT <laughs> But okay. I think I think the other point that happened this week was Steve Waugh brought up that point about how 
cricket is competing with other sports and it's absolutely ridiculous that you can't uh, bring on lights to have a day one or day two or whatever it was right so what are your thoughts on that like can can like should play continue uh, not necessarily in the last day but like during the game and like should fans have to go home after only 40 hours of action i think uh, the only problem with that is the the visibility of the red ball uh, under lights is i mean if if you have uh, played at any level it's terrible it's absolutely yeah. you can't uh, see yeah i mean you can't see the ball at all and and i don't know i mean steve walk could have done it in, in his own time but he never did it himself so i mean right it's not really possible in a place like uh, you know pakistan for example which anyway has huge whatever fog mist smog whatever you want to call it whatever live tests we have seen from let's say 2004 when dhoni scored that 100 the visibility is poor uh, you know throughout the day sometimes and so to expect cricketers to uh, you know play beyond uh, what the light permits them to i don't think it's it's ever going to be possible you could have some sort of a ruling i don't know if it's possible to implement it that if the the you know light goes bad beyond a point you bring the ping ball into the equation or something uh, you know have have test matches in which involve both those colors of balls uh but i mean it's it's very difficult to implement it and i think uh, the light meter is as you mentioned a fairly objective thing yeah uh, as long as it says you know it, there's a benchmark set and after uh, that first day you keep implementing that benchmark i think it's it's fine i, I don't know about this thing you know where you're competing with other sports etc every sport i mean you can you can talk about you know how footballers are Uh, you know whatever moral hazards tarik talked about all of them dive around like you know crazy so every sport will have its own idiosyncrasies and if we keep sort of trying to you know do one more thing or one another thing here there whatever to make sure that we are competing well that's never going to happen there are more ways than that to sort of bring cricket up and spread it across the world this yeah. just seems like pushing it a, to, a bit too much to me <laughs> yeah no uh, when you spoke of switching from red to pink an entirely different thought crossed my mind <laughs> which is that uh, no i don't think you know where i'm going with this which is uh, my partner has actually lent the voice to the intro in this uh, she's the one who says tv empire director etc but basically we were watching the world cup together and uh, like she the football world cup and she was like uh, why she thought it was a terrible tackle and the guy deserved a red card and she's like why isn't that guy being given a pink slip so <laughs> <laughs> go find it out yeah no thankfully like uh, finance guys uh, don't have podcast where they make fun of marketers but like we can do it the other way around so uh, <laughs> just to round up this section right uh, there is a quote inscribed in every american court uh, i want to say which reads uh, fiat justicia ruat celium do you know what it stands for don't give the pink slip to economists no no no, 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 no. this is a, a much earlier callback so fiat justicia means let there be justice uh, ruat celium so fiat justicia ruat celium means let there be justice even if the sky falls down right so wow. i think it's wow. even if the heaven falls but i think it's a <laughs> nice. nice way to round it up yeah yeah <laughs> i have Play a outro music quiz. a skyfall theme <laughs> <laughs> well done rolling in the deep cut sridhar <laughs> <laughs>
I have a quiz question that I've been meaning to ask. Uh, name this Australian cricketer. Okay, home test batting average better as of now, better than Ricky Ponting, Greg Chappell, Steve Waugh, Justin Langer, Usman Khwaja, Bob Simpson. Away test batting average worse than Damian Fleming, Bruce Yardley, Kerry O'Keefe, Nathan Horitz, Xavier Doherty, Tim Zorer. Travis Head. Labushin. Travis Head is the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I I wanted to point out how uh, the man of the series in the Australia versus South Africa test series which ended today <laughs> was given to David Warner. for some 230 odd runs uh, out of which 200 were <laughs> scored in one innings <laughs> and there is no like they, you know how 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 uh, presenters at the end of the match you know announce these awards that dekho wo bhi contender tha aur wo bhi acha kiya aur usne bhi acha kiya but man of the and it it's like a nice build up you know because you're counting all the people who did well but you know not at that level and every name isa guha took was a deserving winner and i kept wondering okay if this is not there this guy is also not who are they going to give it to and it turned out to be david warner it is it is almost as if david warner was also you know looking around that mera naam liya next level and and warner you know, started like, off with a with a beautiful quote right so when she asked him how did it feel etc warner started off by saying i already said all this in melbourne but And yeah, also yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also i mean uh, on a on a good note to end the pod with uh, uh, the australian spin bowling was absolutely terrible today i hope they are able to repeat the same performance when they uh, come come to india uh, seven cricket i think which is the uh, broadcaster in australia which has ricky ponting uh, uh, in its uh, in its team commentary team they literally had uh, a very nice uh, graphic uh, where they showed a pizza outside the off stump for the right hander where there pizza. was yeah there was a rough basically so they called it a pizza and they said that if you pitch on the pizza it will spin turn bounce this that whatever and somehow nathan lion uh, nathan lion ashton eagar and travis head kept missing it like kept missing it repeatedly and uh, the south africans were able to go on the back foot every single ball almost and you know defend it safely so yeah i mean good signs for india i hope uh, you know they they keep doing that and uh, when it comes to the bgt we don't lose 4 nil as i predicted that's <laughs> as good a note to end the pod uh, for this week thank you tarik for joining uh, as our newest friend on the pod and we hope to have you more often as as frequently as you can make it Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Shinath. Absolute pleasure to be here. And as we let Tariq go uh, to his Saturday, sorry, his Sunday class for his students, uh, say bye, guys. Bye. bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. And thank you, dear listener, for joining us for the fifty-third episode of Bits and Pieces. Remember to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. Um, it keeps us going and bring more and more friends from cricket Twitter and elsewhere onto the pod. Yeah, thanks for joining. And, and if you want to be on the pod, just uh, drop us a tweet. We not clearly we're not precious about our content or our knowledge. Please, please come on board. Please introduce yeah. the handle, Tony. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Good Twitter <laughs> handle, which is at BNP underscore cricket, which will go into the show notes from now on. Please follow us, and uh, we shall keep you posted on things 
uh, about the podcast and beyond hopefully that's our resolution for 2023 thank you so much for joining us signing off once again say bye stream bye full <laughs> <laughs> circle tv empire to director we have a player review can we rock and roll please